I want to see what that dad bod can do out there. Not buying your banjos around the campfire. Shove them up your ass. It's football and other F-words. We're only going to talk about Will Smith slapping people. That's it. It's going to be a whole podcast just an hour of talking about slaps. I'm kidding. That's not... It's not working to do it all. When, I, hear it's slap, the, I hear it's the most captivating event of our generation. Not like 9-11 happened or anything, or, you know, <laughs> Kennedy assassinations, or this fucking war that's going on right now over in Ukraine or Russia. The Will Smith thing is the most captivating event that has ever happened in any generation, according to Buck the, Rising over at 104.5 The Zone. You mean not the, By the way, it's football to other efforts. I'm sorry. Terrible start to the podcast. You know who the two of us are at this point, but... I, I mean, are you telling me that the moment that Americans realize that we're going to have to stay at home? Oh my God, do I buy toilet paper? Yeah. Oh my God, do I buy all the pasta in the store? Like that was a captivating moment. <laughs> nope. No, it's, I'm sorry. It's only Will Smith because only events that happen in the last five minutes of our life are what matters. It's that we, it's just the society that we live in. The memory of fruit flies. I'm going to say this and then, and then we're going to, we're going to move on. And by the way, don't bring up fruit flies. I got a batch of fruit flies that got loose in my house like three weeks ago from a rotten banana and then an orange I found in the fridge. And it took me like three weeks to get rid of these fuckers. They get in <laughs> everything. They get in your drains. It's awful. Um, so I'm going to say this about Will Smith and I've got to move on because I found it funny at first. And then of course, this is what I hate about social media and the, the state of media that we sit in. Every possible small, medium, large moment is dissected and turned into whatever stance or opinion that people want to make it. Will Smith slapping a man on stage, excuse me, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock on stage went political, racial, it it turned into like social inequality. It's like, dude. I saw five different breakdowns by white dudes. Like the same, it's like the same no offense to corked bats or anything, but there's like five different versions of corked bats and they're all white. They're all breaking this down. I'm like, do we really need that many? Like, you know, whatever. I just, you know, I, I, uh, at some point someone just got pissed off and slapped somebody. That's all it is. Like people think this is like some big thing. A dude would not shut up about another man's wife. And it's been stewing since 2016. And it just all of a sudden it came over him because he probably looked over at his wife. And I know there's stuff going on between Will and Jada and all the shit that's going down in their personal life. But he looked over, saw his wife was pissed. <laughs> and we've all been there. If you've been married or even in a relationship and fuck it, he had to do something right. <laughs> like, and he just chose to go up there and slap a man. Look, the fact that it's even considered assault is so mind blowing to me. And just from a pure that he could have filed a police report just because he got fucking slapped. Like, is that really the it's not like he went up there and shanked him. That's what's mind blowing to me is that you you see that. You know, you see this in bars all the time. A guy will say something, they get to a fight and then they or they wrestle around. You see it at parties and nobody ever thinks, oh, bear call the cops, bear file police report because I got slapped. If I got slapped in front of Zoe Kravitz, send me on. Just just take me out back and shoot me. I <laughs> how do you recover from that? 
when I was like eight years old, I got slapped on a bus. Yeah. And I think it's because I ran my mouth. I mean, I, I know I didn't say something great. I'm sure of that. But I didn't immediately turn this into years of me thinking, what could I have possibly done wrong? I knew immediately <laughs> at eight years old. Yeah, dumb shit. You got slapped. You were running your mouth. And, and Chris Rock slapped. Chris Rock knew he did something too, because I mean, it comes out of his mouth and he goes, I just got slapped by Will Smith. And it's like, it's not even something you can calculate. And you know that later he's like, yeah, probably shouldn't have said that. Didn't know. Maybe he didn't know that there was a disease around it. But and I don't know that comedy can push boundaries and stuff. It just wasn't really a funny joke to begin with. Take the disease out of it. A GI Jane joke in 2022. What is this? 1997. Right. Like, give me a fucking break. Yeah, like my there's God. All, like there there could have been so many other jokes around bald headed women uh, in that has any kind of situation that's happened in the last 25 years. It's more relevant than freaking GI Jane. <laughs> like it's freaking yeah, like it's just a bad joke. He deserves to be slapped not because of they hurt Jada. Uh, Pickett Smith's feelings or, you know, made fun light of a disease. He deserves to get slapped because it was just a terrible joke. If I looked at you in 1997 and said in 2022, <laughs> Will Smith was going to slap Chris Rock over a G.I. Jane joke. There's just no way you would believe that. It would be yeah. like, dude, it'd be like 20 years after. What, what do you care? That's idiotic. <laughs> so people got slapped. I just, it happens. I just, let's just it move happens on. all it's, the time. It happens all the time. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the Titan stadium. Let's talk yeah. about something else other than people getting slapped. Um, it came out. Uh, who Think of how many people have been the, slapped at a Titan stadium. <laughs> I have seen multiple people get slapped <laughs> yeah. in games. I've seen people get punched. In. I've got seen a beer can get thrown in someone's face. I, I mean, it's a uh, kind of a violent arena. Um, who was the group that had first had it? Was it Axios Nashville? Yeah, I think had the, had the scoop um, essentially to break it down the, the uh, state of Tennessee per um, governor Billy Tennessee is willing to commit $500 million towards the building of a new stadium. The article goes on to say that estimates for a new stadium could cost around 2 billion. So um, I, I was kind of trying to think of where to go with this, where to start. And I kind of want to start with a piece that actually Jared Stillman got into uh, this afternoon. If you're listening to this podcast, this was on Tuesday afternoon. Um, on his show. And, and my first reaction when I read the headline was to kind of guffaw and say bullshit because unfortunately Stillman's he, he's got hot takes, but this wasn't the most out of control take the end of it got a little stupid. I'll get into that. But Stillman's point was the math doesn't necessarily add up. So if Tennessee is willing to commit 500 million, the stadium could cost around 2 billion. Where's the other 1.5 going to come from now? Some city council members have kind of reverberated this but again politicians much like people who take the stage to slap people are they take advantage of a moment to say shit because that's what politicians do but i did want to have the discussion with you first zach because something we were we were kind of um starting to get into right before we um went on air or started recording was would mayor john cooper go pro stadium he's been kind of outspokenly not a, not into the whole building a new stadium thing so i want to get your take on that first well it'd be the dumbest mayor ever not to build a new stadium right i mean think of everything that comes with the building of a new stadium you're you're talking about super bowl 
You're talking about the college football playoffs. You are talking about concerts, year-round concerts, large concerts. You're talking about the development around the area, you know, biz, new businesses and all this stuff that would be opportunities for your city to attract even more people. And on top of all that, you still got other events like, you know, WrestleMania, you know, World Cups, Olympics, all this stuff that could be factored in. Turning it down just seems like it would take a firm stance of, yeah, I don't want the city to have this stuff because I know that the city is going to have to put in some some, you know, money towards it. You know, there's a good thing that's in this in this is that they would be taking some of the tax money earned in concession sales inside the stadium to to for future upgrades and setting it aside for future upgrades. Okay. The the city this I I feel like the city is going to get off relatively cheaper than what the whole state's getting off. Now, maybe, you know, because of how it's split up among 100 counties and however they're going to do it around that is a little bit different. But the large sum of amount, which is typically the amount that everybody really cares about because that's the scary number, is I think it'll be less than the 500 million because you got to think they were they were they got the number of 1.2 billion billion for renovations. So you got to yeah. think that that is kind of like the floor of what the Tennessee Titans are willing to put to put out there on their own behalf. I my first inclination was to argue that that Cooper would be silly to jump in pro stadium right off the rip, but I've kind of softened on that opinion in the span of 17 minutes because here's the thing, regardless of whether or not he's got an election coming up, I, I strongly suspect he'll run again in 2023. Um, you are absolutely right that the city would be very stupid to not, not just give up. Let's say worst case scenario, the Titans leave, right? But the city is not going to give up this venue on the, on the bank of the river. No way. I mean, the, the, a brand, having the uh, the ability to install a better concert venue, like you said, that's year round, but also the the surrounding space around it in which to entertain and drag in everything from corporate groups to tourists to special interest groups. I mean, you're also like you can start throwing out the other things that people don't like to think about, but they draw business, which is you know Republican and Democratic conventions, you know political affiliated events and then stuff we're not even thinking about monster truck crap Oscars, whatever right the academy uh, awards yeah, I mean, or like award shows that that travel i don't know if the academy awards technically travel but uh like video music awards and mtv awards the emmys whatever travels stuff sure. like that it comes more often than what you think i don't i i guess the point i wanted to make is not necessarily with cooper but to the city as a whole just put the blinders on for a second anything with a price tag on it for this city nowadays is going to be a tough sell to the citizens because yeah. <laughs> your average Nashvilleian is so fed up with everything from unaffordable housing to, you know, potential tax heights or well, actual tax heights. So I think that conversation is going to be tough and I'm glad I'm not the one to have it, but let's be honest here. It's going to happen, right? The, the, there's no way the city would allow the Titans to even get a whiff of, of trying to think about leaving. Well, I mean, isn't that the thing? Like 
you were the team, you were the city that stole it from another team. Yeah. <laughs> like, and we, and we still don't know how much the Titans are willing to put in. It, it sounded like from all purpose and reports that they were willing to eat a lot of the money. And, you know, I think that's very important because they understand where Tennessee, where, or where Nashville, its citizens are at the, and everything with the constant growth here in the city. But you, from a standpoint of looking at it as far as the team is concerned, that's not a stadium worth renovating at $1.2 billion. So you are forcing their hand, and historically, a franchise that has already left when the city has forced their hand to leave, and they'll easily find some other city to take them and say they'll build a new stadium. And the fact that the state is already wanting and showing support for it and putting in, flexing a little bit of elbow, you know, a little bit of power, saying that, hey, you know, you have to do this. If you're going to take the state's money, you have to do this, mm-hmm. right? That, that's, that's pretty important that the state is behind it. Let me tell you something. As w- I don't know, Memphis's tax situation is definitely different. But if, you're, if you were to say that, hey, the state's putting in $500 million. We need to find a place in the city or in the state to put it. And it goes to Memphis. How pissed is Nashville citizens going to be? Right. Yeah. I mean, give me right. a break. Yeah. I mean, and it's just the city is, it's again, you're starting to go so far down the line with, um, with, with assumptions at this point. But the reason why I'm going down this path is because if the Titans leave and you now have a stadium on the, you know, on the bank of the river that the city is now responsible for completely of the upkeep. What are you going to turn into Birmingham at this point with this just shithole of a stadium that's sitting there rotting? It's not going to happen. The, the Nashville is not going to let it happen. Not to mention, I got to look at the price tags because my first inclination was that 2 billion, believe it or not, was kind of low. And the reason why I think that is because unfortunately my brain immediately goes to that you know, five and a half, old $6 billion monstrosity they built in LA. And I have to remind myself that was way outside the norm. I, let me list three stadiums here because I had to remind myself of this. Allegiant Stadium, Raiders' new stadium in Las Vegas, $1.9 billion. Mercedes-Benz Stadium with the big opening butthole in, in Atlanta is $1.6 billion. This is the surprise to me. Vikings U.S. Bank Stadium, which I like out of all, all three of those, I think it's the best looking one, was... Um, 1 billion 61 million so just a little over a billion at 2 billion dollars if the if the if you know the state the city and the titans can keep it at that it should be a pretty damn impressive looking venue i feel like it's that's really high because they don't have to pay for new land if i'm not mistaken i think because if they build on the parking lots where they're talking about building don't they already own that part, own that land, and there's nothing that they point. have to pay? So that's I a, almost feel like point. the two billion is a little high. I mean, if you're if you're talking the, being around those stadiums right there, why why not? Like I just I just don't understand. There's really no, to me, there's really no good reason for this team, for the city to risk losing this, because that's what's going to happen. If if citizens come out and are against all this, unless the, the Tennessee Titans organization, the Strunk family, which are not as uh, 
liquid as maybe some other owners are, decide that they're going to build a newer stadium, but it's going to be kind of, you know, a cheaper here and there, and it's not going to be as nice as these other stadiums, which I, I guess is fine. You know, you, you probably take yourselves out of a Super Bowl for a little bit, but you could still get other stuff with it. And they decide that they're going to, or they're going to decide to pay the rest, right? Or they're just going to pay it all and the citizens of Nashville don't have to pay anything. Then you're going to end up, and they don't, if they choose not to do that, you're going to end up losing the team. Is that, yeah. is that worth it? Like to me, it's not in the big scheme of things. What your option. Yeah. It kind of sucks that your options are limited, but I don't think with everything that we have seen the Strunk family do since Amy Adams Strunk has taken over, everything that we've seen them do has been for the benefit and the love of the city and its team and the citizens within the city. They only want to make Nashville better. So I have to think that Amy Adams Strunk is, uh, is not here to screw the citizens of Nashville when trying to get this stadium built. No, completely. And again, to heart back on the value that the stadium provides. And again, just even just the NFL alone, you have to think that for eight home games a year, that's eight four hour long marketing ploys for the city of Nashville. Right. I mean, I'm overstating it at four hours. It's like a, <clears throat> excuse me, a 30 second intro from coming back from commercials, but still it's 30, 30 seconds of free advertising every commercial break where they come back and they do the, the very generic panoramic view of, you know, Broadway and all that, just those little things are worth it to have an NFL team in your, in your stadium an NFL team that is doing well. They're certainly not on the dregs or not on the ropes. And again, all trepidation aside, I don't think the city is at risk of losing this team at all. I don't think that the city would make a decision to lose this, um, this team. And I think it actually plays in John Cooper's favor. Now that I think about this, that, if he's the mayor that can deliver a new stadium to the city, get the Titans to foot a nice chunk of the bill and the city comes off, not really having to put a bunch of money up again, theorizing yeah. all of a sudden, look at his reelection material, right? right. I'm the exactly. mayor who got, I'm the mayor who got the Titans to stay for 40 million or whatever his prize tag was. So yeah, I, I think this sets up actually as a winning potential for a lot of parties involved. Yeah, they're, they're, it's a win-win scenario for everybody involved. And I know sometimes when you're talking about billionaires and millionaires and whatever John Cooper is, I guess millionaires, then when you got them all, <laughs> when you got them all talking, it, it tends up to be the the citizens or or the middle class that are squeezed out of everything, right? I just don't think Amy Adams Strunk is that kind of a a person that is going to squeeze the city and and you know take everything it can from the city before footing the bill herself. She, they even actively said they're going to try and figure out ways to make sure that this is going to be the least cost to the city as much as possible. So that's a good sign. They said that right from the get-go. Yeah. Um, wow. You like that transition? Do you like when your yeah, host looks at you and goes, uh, so... AJ Brown's being traded to the Jets, right? I mean, do we Correct. just need to drop that and move on? I mean, like we're all worried about the stadium, but <laughs> we're losing the star re receiver on the Tennessee Titans to the New York Jets in the hypo hypothetical situation. I mean, we're <sighs> talking about there are jersey edits being made. There's, you know, 
everybody knows now, you know, PFF and all these guys have picked up on it. So now they know that the first trade to announce that the PFF mock draft simulator can now trade players was of course a trade for AJ Brown over to the Patriots, even though it's not the Jets, but they know that Tennessee Titans fans will get all riled up and all up in their mentions and they'll get the clicks and impressions because all they have to do is mute the tweet, never really fucking look at it again. That's what I've started doing. I've muted a lot of the, I've muted a lot of people, mute a lot of tweets and who's going to stop this Twitter. Who's going to stop it. Listen, it's it's it sucks because it, it's annoying. So I get it, and it's not really at a point where it's realistically a possibility that AJ Brown gets traded. But everything that the Titans have said, and everything that AJ Brown has said since being drafted, they love each other. <laughs> I mean, like they AJ Brown loves being a part of the Titans organization, and the Titans organization love being a part of the AJ Brown family. And that's so important. And people just are just so worried and up in arms and annoyed and all this. It's like all anybody talks about every day is you have these people on Twitter attacking these analysts and stuff, just who are just, it's been a quiet week. There's nothing to really talk about nationwide. Right. And so that's just what they're doing. They're just, you know, throwing some shit up there. Rich Simony of the ESPN said, you know, with the Tyreek Hill thing and the Devontae Adams thing, that if some of these teams with young wide receivers, you know, Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, and uh, uh, AJ Brown can't, you know, find teams to be traded you know, or can't reach an extension – you know, the, you know, they could get traded and, you know, the New York Jets have Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. And so they would be a logical landing spot for AJ Brown. They, they would be a good trade partner. That's all it was. It wasn't a report that the, the Titans are shopping them. It wasn't a report that um, the Jets have made an offer. Now, listen, it is the, it is a, in the NFL, it is bad business when you see a trend start happening with Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams being traded, if you don't call certain teams in similar situations with extensions on the horizon for players and say, hey, you know, I seeing you said, no, you saw the Tyree Kill news and Devontae Adams news. Kind of interested in AJ Brown. And you know what? John Robson's saying, yeah, yeah, I'll need like five first round picks. You got him. Like, that's probably right. what it is. Like, it, it's going to happen, but it, nothing, no news was reported. And I think that's my biggest gripe is, of course, no news is reported. So everybody freaks out and does both at the Jets and on the Titans, and they all freak out for nothing. AJ Brown, I think, has the highest job security of anyone in that building. I, I really do. I, I just, I, and I say that over Derrick Henry. I mean, I truly do because. Derrick Henry is really entering into that window to where someone offers you some good value for him. You, you, you fucking take it. <laughs> you fucking take it. Cause you're looking at, I, I don't even want to utter this next phrase, but you're looking at a potentially depreciating asset that you might want to move. AJ Brown is not a depreciating asset. I think he has more job security than Mike Vrabel and John Robinson, potentially. I mean, that's a player on your team. You just don't, you don't get rid of, you don't trade. You get multiple years out of that man before you even decide if you're looking to move him. In other words, what I'm trying to say, you go two contracts with him at the end of a second contract. Maybe you have that conversation, but AJ Brown, he's not going anywhere. It's, it's again, it's like the, 
conversation we just had about the stadium. I have to bring up the stuff about the team leaving the city because that's obviously the, the overall never ending arc that's in the back of your mind when you're negotiating things like that. And yeah, exactly. Just to the point you were making about if a team calls up and goes, Hey, what about AJ Brown? Sure. I mean, a, a GM's going to go, okay, yeah. Five first round picks. It's like walking down the street. You love your neighbor's house. You're causing a bug. You go, Hey, John, when are you going to some of that house? And they always look at you and go 30 million. Sure. You know I mean? Like, was there an offer on the table? Sure. But if, if your neighbor looks at you and goes, I got 30 million, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, you're going to go, <laughs> It's yours. You can have all the shit inside of it. If someone yeah. calls up and says, I'll take, give you five first round picks for AJ Brown. I mean, you got to consider it, but those conversations are not happening. This conversation did not happen. It was a hypothetical report and the NFL media stew is a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point. If you take someone for a steak dinner every single night for three weeks in a row, and then suddenly you go home and microwave them dinner, they're going to be pretty pissed. And for the last multiple weeks, the NFL free agency news has just been unbelievable. March Madness has been overshadowed by NFL March Madness. And then suddenly this week, it's just the dregs. There's nothing to talk about. So fans want something to talk about. It's a, you know, I just, I don't see why people are so concerned that a deal's not going to get done. <clears throat> has really John Robinson, when he goes out and says, you can look at Harold Landry, you can look at Derrick Henry, you can look at Ryan Tannehill. When he says he's in talks and he's going to get a deal done, they're going to get a deal done. Yeah. That he doesn't keep, he doesn't let anybody that he really, really, really wants to keep look at Ben Jones, that he really wants to keep deep down, hit the street and go somewhere else. That's not what he does. It's not his MO. So I'm not even sweating that an extension is going to happen. And just because an A.J. Brown extension happens doesn't mean a Simmons extension can't happen because you still have time to get a Simmons deal done and they don't preclude each other from happening. Come on. I mean, the math is there. How many times do we have to say that the cap's going up every year? The first year cap hits are going to be low. You're eventually going to have like people like Taylor Lewan, Ryan Tannehill and off the books, Derek Henry off the books. There's going to be other money that comes We've just seen void years become the new hot thing, uh, even though the Saints have been doing it for like 15 years. It's the new hot thing that everybody's doing. You, A.J. Brown's going to be on this team. Jeffrey Simmons is going to be on this team. Right. And they, but they're both going to be paid like the superstars that they are. And, and everybody's going to be happy, and everybody's going to look back in this time period from 2022 to 2023, whenever the Simmons deal gets done, and say, man, we sure were fucking stupid for worrying about the stupidest shit that doesn't matter, which is the salary cap. How can you say that the salary cap is fake to turn around and get worried? Well, if the A.J. Brown gets paid, he's going to get paid. He's going to ask for a lot of money. Yeah, no shit. Jarvis Landry is asking for $20 million a year. Jarvis freaking Landry. Every player asks for a lot of money. That's what they do. Players do not get what they want a lot of the time. And it is going to be okay when A.J. Brown signs his second contract and then you guys all get, well, he's got paid $24 million a year. And in a few years, that $24 million will be nothing because that's how the NFL works. If you haven't figured that out by now in the salary cap and stuff, then you, there's no, you must be born in, you know, you, you're 12 and you just found the podcast. Like that's all I can think of because we've been beating this dead horse for years and specifically about A.J. Brown, Jeffrey Simmons for months. 
There was a subreddit on Reddit for a long time called I'm 10 is, and what is this? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's that's exactly what that reminds me of. I'm 12 and what is this? We like to joke that the salary cap is not real. It's fluid. Let me tell you, yeah, exactly. It is elastic as shit. I mean, this it's silly, buddy. You can stretch this shit out and make it whatever you need. And that's what teams are doing year over year. And, and you continue to see it. You're exactly right. You continue to see this, it every year. This team's about to have a rookie quarterback at some point within the next two years. Is probably going to have a rookie quarterback. And guess what? You won't be paying an expensive-ass quarterback salary in three to four years. Like, yeah. give me – let's 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 put on the thinking hats here and use some fucking logic. If, if you're a so-called team builder and you still don't understand how the fucking salary cap works, give me a break. I – yeah, it's it's there's a, from, I think that was the first give me a break, by the way, of the uh, of the of the episode. Are you playing a drinking game with yourself now trying to break yourself on what you're saying? Well, you know, no, it's uh, I think someone uh, two episodes ago, people talked to started the uh, give me a break um, uh, drinking game. OK, look, this <laughs> this is not being held by epoxy and rubber sticks. OK, this team isn't this is being held together by nails and iron and rivets and whatever else you use to fucking was when we really could have had mic on whatever else you use to build you know structures that can only be affected by jet fuel like this is how the team is being built it's not being built with epoxy and popsicle sticks <laughs> so let's let's further go into into overreaction mode with um titan's o-line room Got a nice player added to it, Demarco Jones. Rabel came out and said he's going to start at left guard. Now, if I could say the word asterisk and make it appear in your brain, just there it is. Start at left guard. Explain to me what that means, Zach. That means that technically, when the day that uh, training camp and they start running through drills, he will be at left guard. Now, will he be the first left guard on the field in team in uh, first team periods? Well, who knows? We we don't know what the the draft holds or who else they can get on free agency yet. That's all it means. It doesn't mean that he's going to be the sole starter or the sole survivor of the left guard. It just means that he's probably going to compete with Aaron Brewer and someone else. We don't know who that someone else is. And then I'm sure that we've already heard that Dylan Raidens doesn't have his job locked down, whether that's at left guard or right tackle, which I lean right tackle, but there is a strict, there is a good possibility that if they have like a Trevor Pennon fall in, down to them, who is a tackle, and they are, are able to draft him at 26, that hey, Reigns could be over at the left guard with Jamarco Jones competing. It's all about how this draft will fall. And that's all that means. And look, I'm glad that Mike Vrabel went and watched him play in Chicago, I guess, when he was recruiting him back when Jamarco Jones was 16, watching him play basketball and stuff. Um, and I'm glad that Jamarco Jones is they got that connection there and that maybe he feels that now he's somewhere where he's truly appreciated. He's got someone that understands him, and, and sometimes that helps these players. I mean, look at Keith Carter, what he's done with Tyson Brelo, David Questenberry, Dennis Kelly, what he's done with players that were pretty much undrafted free agents or maybe a tad bit better and turn them into people that can be productive starters for you week in and week out. I'm not banking money on Jamarco Jones as a successful left guard. I wouldn't bet on it, 
but crazier things have happened on this offensive line. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what the draft holds and what the rest of free agency holds. So speaking of free agency, still offseason moves left to make. The Titans obviously still have a few needs. What would you like to see done? The, the draft is now pretty much exactly a month away. Do you expect the Titans to continue to make offseason moves before the draft? Would you like them to see, you know, like them to do it? Or, you know, what, what are you anticipating? You know, we're at that period right now, and I'm titling this episode A Quiet Place because we're in this period between free agency and the draft where pretty much all your podcast content for for most places is going to be focused now on the draft because pretty much I think general managers almost shift exclusively into draft mode here soon. Yeah. So I would expect whatever they get in – the draft is where they turn into free agency. Now they can easily get a couple of players and then have less holes heading into the draft, which is my preferred method of doing it. I'd like to have as, as little question marks as possible when I head into the draft, because that opens up the flexibility to either trade up, trade back, get whatever you want and whatever you need in the draft. You know, I'm looking at your, we don't know, where, what they feel about this offensive line, but there are plenty of offensive tackles and plenty of offensive guards, including Eric Flowers, who I really like, that can come in and be a day one, year one starter in 2023 and that in 2022, and that matters. Because then you know this team kind of is very reluctant to start rookies. So there you go. You got a position filled up. You don't have to spend a high draft pick on a guard. That is clearly off the board. You could focus on a wide receiver. You know, there are wide receivers you still get. Keelan Cole, Will Fuller, uh, Jarvis Landry's stupid ass is still out there. There <laughs> are wide receivers out there. So it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> such a that's such a sales job by Zach. I'm going to get you going to get Landry. I just can't believe that he thinks that he's worth $20 million a year. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm, you go, buddy. I'm glad that you do not lack self-confidence, but you got to get real, pal. No wonder him and his agent fell off and stuff. There's just so many free agents. If you just go to Mike Clay at Mike Clay NFL on Twitter, he has a 2022 NFL unrestricted free agency sheet and is just filled with name players that this team could start working to get deals done that makes the team better and makes them more flexible in the draft. I just think that at this point, I think typically if memory serves, John Robinson kind of just falls off the free agency market right now and just goes into draft mode, which I don't blame. I think most, most GMs probably do. If you could pick one thing about, I, this is just random shit, but it came to my head. If you can pick one thing about national media right now in this quiet period of time of the NFL that you could get rid of, you snap your fingers, you get rid of it. What would it be? It doesn't have to be this period. Just one piece of media, th- something you see on Twitter, whatever, just something you can snap your fingers and get rid of. What would it be? Uh, well, I know what yours would be. <laughs> yeah, you, but, uh, yeah, It's funny. You read my mind. You know what's coming. I, I, I do. Um, I, I think for me, I want to get rid of, the that's really hard you you tell us yours first since you and then let me think about it because i got a couple in my mind it's that and and pro football focus is the most guilty of it but they're not the only ones who do it cbs does it bleacher report does it but just that 
a picture of an athlete or a group of athletes, who's going to stop this player, who's going to stop this offense. It, it just is, I, I get why lazy media exists to draw in clicks, but that to me is just the laziest of the laziest because you don't ever have to like answer to that. And maybe that's not the point of social media is that you have to answer for the shit you put out there, but it just, it's spam mail. It's just, it's coming home from work. It's reaching your mailbox and knowing that you're going to have to throw 30% of it away. It's just irksome and irritating to even scroll past. Who's going to stop this offense? No, I don't. No one gives a fuck. No one gives a fuck if you're going to stop it. Just let me move on with my life. I think, I think mine is the, you got $15, build your, your star oh, player, God, star yes. roster. I think I'm kind of over those. They, they were kind of fun when they first started, but now it's all the time. And then it's just, you know, like you could, it, they're all star players, right? Or the, uh, I saw one today that was uh, Shaq, I think Tim Duncan, and I can't remember who the other one was, but it was like bench one, cut one, start one. Who cares? Like, yeah, it's just that kind of stuff is is on par with what you're talking about. I know it's, I know it's purpose and the purpose it serves. It just doesn't serve a purpose for me. So that thus I am sick of it. Yeah. Just, I'm not a big fan of the hypotheticals either. I mean, I do buy into them every now and then when it's like, you hear the song, what do you think of or whatever? And I'll tweet it out, but I'm muted and blocked a lot of Colts fans, by the way, today, because they, they, I'm tired of seeing people's uh, tweet quote, tweet, other Colts fans, and then, you know, they, and like, it is one today, and Xander Mercury on Twitter, he retweeted one that specifically says, troll a Titan Tuesday or something, and then, you know, don't let a Titans player figure out that they tackled Derrick Henry or something in the clip, I don't know, something weird. It's something really lame for Colts fans. <laughs> and then, of course, they quote tweet it, everybody quotes tweets it, and this fucking account is getting all this engagement, and he's begging for it. He blatantly told you. And he got reeled in. And I so I just muted that account. Whatever is play two Colts or something, I muted them. I blocked another one that was in my mentions. He got into three different tweets and started spouting off shit. And I'm like, nah, you're getting blocked. You can't see my tweets anymore. Blocking and muting. It's just beautiful. Um, before we go any further, uh, 440 Sports, who brings this podcast to you? Check them out at 440sports.com. You got gold standard for Preds, fringe element. Going to cover everything for SEC, college, club, and country. Has got you with uh, NSC. Check them out, 440sports.com. And it's time for our favorite segment, Zach, to wrap up the podcast. It's Formula One and other F words. <laughs> can't, can't believe I got that out of my mouth without butchering it because I was butchering it in my head. So uh, last couple of minutes here, we are going to talk about Formula One. If you're rolling your eyes right now or reaching to turn it off, I'm sorry for you because this isn't, it's it's just fun. You got to get into it. Start with Netflix, drive yourself into it with Drive to Survive and get into Formula One because it's fun. Uh, it's for Jenna. everybody. Yeah, I mean, for everyone. I went I, to the watch party at uh, Nobles and all women, all men of all different shapes, colors, genders, all this shit coming together to laugh at Max Verstappen and then go crazy when Alpine is fighting each other and all this stuff because everybody gets it. It is, it is basically if you put the uh, housewives of Beverly Hills into fucking 200 mile per hour cars, yes. that is the drama that you have. And who doesn't fucking love some drama that is 
it's just awesome. It's just it's amazing. High octane drama. It's it's what most people turn on trashy reality TV for. Except for it's except, really real. It's not scripted. Ex- yes. <laughs> except it provides something to me that what I don't really like about reality TV is that there's no uh, there doesn't seem to be any consequence, right? Right. Uh, with the real housewives of wherever the fuck. There's no consequence for them acting like assholes in a restaurant or to each other or whatever. It just, it just goes on and on. They've got money. They bitch each other out. Somebody hates somebody. But F1 takes all of those little elements and then they put them in a fucking car at the end of the week. They do 200 miles an hour. They wreck it to each other. It's incredibly dangerous, but it's got all that other stuff you want, the wealth the drama, the bitching. Listen, I like Max Verstappen. You want to talk about some bitching. He is on the radio the whole race. This guy's crossing the pit lane line. This guy's pulling away from me during oh, caution. Compla- complaining about the, the taillights on Leclerc's car. Yes. I think it's Leclerc's car. Just, just those- And I'm like, and I, so we're all sitting there at the thing. So he starts bitching about it. We're all laughing at him. And I go, well, does that mean that Leclerc has to come off and and anything is there any competitive advantage and we're all like i don't think so and sure enough there isn't so he's just bitching to bitch <laughs> like it's just, just bitching, bitching to bitch. bitch i love lewis hamilton i love watching him race he bitches on the microphone all the time but now guess what mercedes isn't doing that well so <laughs> oh i bet he is bitching. oh yeah i bet that mic is hot during the race and they're just not broadcasting it for i don't know how that works what they choose to broadcast and what they don't but i do want to talk about mercedes for a second <clears throat> i i i think it's kind of panic time for mercedes you're two races in and those cars don't look great george russell is now finished in fifth and i really feel bad for russell i, I feel like you know i'd love to see him placing in the top three because he's you know had to deal with williams but i think it's panic time for mercedes they're their cars don't look right. They're not, they're running in the middle of the pack. Yeah, it, it's it's odd because you're talking about a, just a season separate months since the, the end of the mm-hmm. last uh, race. And in months, they have destroyed these cars somehow. And, you know, they look, it looks, it's even worse because at the very end of Drive to Survive, uh, the latest season, um, you know, Mercedes is basically saying everybody's got a target on their back. Oh, yeah. Well, you'll, you'll be you may not see that target with how far back you are behind everybody, <laughs> but you're definitely going to be coming up on it because you're coming from behind. Like, it's just it's ridiculous. And I don't understand because Lewis Hamilton has been dominating, you know, up until this point, season after season, race after race and always in contention and. Is almost a foregone conclusion is either going to be him or Max. And now, you know, I don't know why George Russell's car is faster than his. And I'm sure that everybody will say, well, they're the same car. And I'm sure they are. But why is George Russell doing so much better than Lewis Hamilton? And can we talk about the Alpine dudes <laughs> just fighting wild. each other for just like four Just fighting laps? each other. The, it, it, it's indicative of the 2022, the new cars, they race closer to each other. Their aerodynamics are different. They can't really pull away from each other like they want. <clears throat> and again, I'm going to butcher this a little bit, but Alpine, I believe after the race, um, they were saying that, you know, Alpine's 
race officials were fine with them racing each other to a point. At it some didn't point, look like pit, it when they flashed. To uh, yeah, <laughs> at some point, the pit box did call him and said, "Hey, baby, like, guess you gonna <laughs> stay in position? Okay, stop doing this." Um, but anyway, so I'm sorry, not uh, Gasly. Ocon is who I meant to say, but I gotta talk about my boy Sergio for a second. I was very upset for Sergio. Perez basically probably lost the race because he had the worst pit luck ever, and it's because motherfucking great value Williams cannot keep their shit ass cars on the track for an entire race. A Williams car wrecks right as Perez was going to pit. He was in the pits. I believe is when the wreck happened. So Perez didn't get the benefit of pitting under a yellow flag. He's already got fresh tires. He comes out, drops to fifth. And that was all she wrote. There was no way he was going to be able to fight his way back up to the front, especially on that track, which is so damn fast and narrow as hell. I hated it for parents and not just because I put money on him. <laughs> yeah, I, it sucked. But, you know, I had put I really thought Lewis Hamilton was going to do something because I thought, you know, after the disgrace that he kind of that he kind of basically lucked into getting that top spot or those uh, top four spots last week. Mercedes, did. I was like, OK, well, they're going to come back in the Saudi Arabia, you know, race and they are going to be ready to rock and roll mercedes is going to come back with a vengeance and there he goes he's like in 14th or 15th once the race starts and i'm like that's fine i think a top six finish and let's even put some money on the podium luckily i hedged my bet and i bought shots for everybody at nobles i hedged my (laughs) bet with a max verstappen uh first place win because that was getting a little dangerous i was gonna be losing a lot of money on some uh f1 racing Red Bulls aren't going anywhere. One and four podium finish again. Ferrari is right there, which is amazing to see. They're two and three, two more Ferrari drivers on the podium again. This really could be Ferrari and Red Bulls just constructor series to go after unless Mercedes finds a way to get together. Mercedes got a lot of money and a lot of strings to pull, and they got two weeks to get it together. So we'll see. Next race is in Melbourne, Australia. Dude, this is kind of wild. This race is at midnight central time on Saturday night. So it's midnight to 2 a.m. I'm <laughs> contemplating what to do to watch that because I was so disappointed when you text me on Sunday. Are you coming to this watch party? I'd completely forgotten about it. I hadn't committed to go, but dude, I had just stretched out on the couch. I had a bunch of chores. I just set up to finish right. Now, and then I was like, son of a bitch. I'm way too comfortable to get up and go to a bar. I'd completely forgot about it. And Lucas showed up, Buck was there, and uh, Vince, and I uh, met a guy named Dylan. Uh, Mauricio was another guy I met, and uh, I think a Travis. I think I met a Travis. That, that that day did not end well for me to have a good Monday. My brain sucked all day Monday. It got wild. It got wild on Sunday. That's it. That's been your Formula One minute, which has been like 12 minutes, so thank you for <laughs> dealing with us. Formula One and other F-words here wrapping it up for you. Um, And again, you can find us uh, at 440sports.com. Anywhere you find your local podcast, please share it with people. Rate, review, subscribe. Let people know that you listen to us. Football and other F-words. We'll be back next week. You've just been out. A Broadway sports media production.